0: Okay, everyone, places. This is the final scene, so let's make this one count. And action.
1: Hello, and welcome to Popcorn Fan Film Reviews, a fan's reaction to what's now showing in theaters. I'm your host, Kaylee, and this week we're diving into the DC comic world where the Dark Knight and the Man of Steel battle it out in Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice.
2: Right there. There he is. Let's get
1: a shot. Who's that? Us. You must be new.
0: That is Bruce Wayne.
2: <laughs> Mr. Wayne, Clark Kent, Daily Planet. What's your position on the Bat Vigilante in Gotham?
0: Civil liberties are being trampled on in your city. People living in fear. He thinks he's above the law. Daily Planet criticizing those who think they're above the law is a little hypocritical. What'd you say? Considering every time your hero saves a cat out of a tree, you are at a puff-piece editorial about an alien who could burn the whole place down.
2: Most of the world doesn't share your opinion, Mr. Wayne.
0: Maybe it's Gotham City and me. We just have a bad history with freaks dressed like clowns. meets Clark Kent. Ah, I love it. I love bringing people together. How are we? Lex. Hi, hello. Lex, it is a pleasure. Ow, wow, that is a good grip. You should not pick a fight with this person.
1: Before we get started, let me introduce who's joining the discussion this week. We have Lulu Bell, who is spearheading a new project for us. And why don't you tell us a little bit about what this new adventure is?
2: This new project that Kaylee and I are trying is a foreign flick series in audio format. If you've been to our site, you've noticed that I've done a few of those written reviews, but this time we wanted to try a podcast version of it. So every other week, the weeks that we don't have our regularly scheduled popcorn episode, we will have a foreign film podcast. And we are going to be changing up the country of our foreign film every single episode. And hopefully we'll be able to cover a whole bunch of different places and give you a lot of new movies that you can watch and will enjoy. And Eric, maybe you can join us on some of those episodes.
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah, I'm always down for some foreign films. Just tell me when you get to Trinidad and Tobago.
2: <laughs> we will definitely let you know. And if you
1: have recommendations, you've got to let us know. <laughs> so when you're not chatting with us, Eric, about movies, what do you do?
0: I do film reviews uh, for you and a couple, yeah, my own blog. It's a blogspot blog called Inconceivable Reviews.
1: Which is... Awesome, by the way. Everybody should check it out.
0: Aw, thank you. It also has a photo of Wallace Shawn on it, so you'll start thinking about the Princess (laughs) And otherwise, I work at Amazon, so if your package doesn't get to you, it's not my fault.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, as we record this episode, Batman vs. Superman has just recently opened, and it's already garnered some pretty strong reactions. People seem to either love it or they hate it. There's some fairly disparate opinions right here at our round table, but we're gonna try and keep this review as spoiler-free as possible. So if you haven't seen the movie yet and you don't want our opinions coloring your experience, just hit the pause button, go see it, and then come back. And then also share with us what you thought of the film. So Eric, since you are our guest, why don't you start us off with a short summary about what this film is actually about, minus the spoilers if you can.
0: Okay, this will be interesting. The film itself essentially picks up after Man of Steel. It's more of a sequel to Man of Steel than any of the recent Batman films. Superman's fighting General Zod, and Bruce Wayne ends up going into uh, Metropolis to watch one of his buildings fall. And then, to not do too many spoilers, the rest of the film is kind of a building conflict between Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent slash Batman and Superman. Both identities definitely matter in this, with some spotlights from Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor, Amy Adams is Lois Lane, and we have Senator Fitch played by Holly Hunter, who I really wish was in this more. And there's a mysterious figure played by Gal Gadot, who, as the trailers indicate, is later revealed to be Wonder Woman. So I'll try not to do anything more than that, because that would probably spoil too much. But the gist is, you get to, it's building escalation between the their rivalry that leads to what the title states.
1: And I think it's safe to say, if people don't already know this, it's quite clear, even from the trailer, that this is the foundational film that's going to build up towards the Justice League, which is going to be DC's attempt to take on Marvel and their humongous success with their superhero movies. It seems like, personally, going back to Man of Steel, I did not care for that film whatsoever. It was pretty, but I just could not get into that Superman character. And I can't decide if it was Henry Cavill or if it was the writing. But again, in this film, Batman versus Superman, I was having a hard time getting into Superman's character. It's probably because I've always been a fan of Batman (laughs) myself. And I was really excited and nervous to see Ben Affleck as this character. But I think just to focus on him for a second, I really liked him as Batman. I, dare I say, I actually think he's my favorite version of Batman to hit the big screens in recent years. What do you guys think?
2: I think he did the brooding, guilt-ridden Batman thing pretty well. I was surprised too, and I think it helped that I know that there were some ardent people who did not want him to be Batman, I didn't really care. I kind of just went into this thinking I am going to try to not be judgmental on anything going into it. That didn't really help on some points because I still did not like some of the things. But regarding Ben Affleck, I actually, I really liked him as Batman as well.
0: Well, I do give credit for them not trying to go for the bat voice. The only two people who've done that well are Kevin Conroy and Will Arnett, and both of them have been animated. I wasn't a big fan of Affleck, although I don't necessarily blame Affleck for that. My, I think in hindsight, thinking about it, I don't think he was bad. I think he did well for what he was given. I just didn't like the Batman character in this version. Mm. So I think my issue with Affleck isn't necessarily based on Ben Affleck as Batman. It's the Batman Ben Affleck is portraying. So I think that's shading me a little bit. We can talk about that later. That's one of my biggest issues with this film, actually. Mm. But... All things considered, Affleck was not the issue with this film. I don't think he's the highlight. Personally, I thought Wonder Woman is, is mm-hmm. the highlight because Wonder Woman's awesome. But, <laughs> and I concur with your point on Cavill. I, he's a very he's not a good Superman. He's actually a pretty awful Superman.
2: He feels very bland. And he shouldn't be. I mean, he's Superman for crying out loud. But it feels like he's playing like a very safe form of Superman, where you can see that Ben Affleck kind of just went at it with his Batman.
1: Well, I think, I don't know, th- this is what my big question, and this is probably going back to the comics, which I have not read. I'm a terrible <laughs> comic person where I love all the movies, I never read the comics. But Superman is kind of like America's good old boy, where he just seems like he doesn't really have a lot of weaknesses, if you will. He's impervious to so many things. Like for, like you said, he's Superman. And for me, that, that character in of itself is just really boring. I just could never identify with his struggles. And you could tease out all the different layers of you know, being the outsider or trying to be accepted or embrace who you are sort of issues. But when it comes to Superman, it just, it never worked for me. And that's why I'm like, I'm hesitant to blame Cavill because I think it's, in a big part, just Superman himself. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm missing something that he's missing to bring to the character.
0: He's missing humility. That's the biggest part. Uh, that's why you know I'll reference the original Superman, uh, Christopher Reeve. Superman is inherently kind of a boring character because he's a god. But there have been some ideas where some studies where like, have you ever seen Kill Bill Part 2? They have that whole breakdown of the Superman character that kind of makes it interesting where it's Clark Kent. That's more interesting part of Superman, because Clark Kent is Superman's interpretation of a human, which is, of course, in his view, weak, feeble, poindexter, you know, glasses. But Henry Cavill never really tries to be human. Superman works when you have somebody who's going for that relationship with humanity around him. Christopher Reeve was never trying to be a god. He was just trying to be a person, a human. And again, the key in that is humility. It's acknowledging that he might be powerful. but he still has his failings. Cavill, uh, Cavill really doesn't express that, and I think that's the biggest thing with the Superman character. If you are going to make him interesting, you have to keep him grounded.
1: I agree for sure. And like I said, I don't read the comics, so you know I'm missing all that subtext to the character. Uh,
0: I, 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 not to interrupt. I, I just I will note that I grew up reading all the comics. My grandfather ran a uh, magazine, release like magazine company where they would like distribute them, and he gave my brother and I free comics. So. The age oh, of, that's cool. Yeah, to the age of 10, I've read everything. And including the comic that the end of this film is based on, I actually own it. And I will say that one of the disappointments I have in the film is how that final moment is shown on screen, especially the character that's involved with it. It's He butchers it. Z- Snack Snyder butchers it, butchers it very hard.
1: Well... <laughs> You know, the, another thing I felt like that this film, and a lot of critics have been saying this, it's just, it feels messy. Mm-hmm. The plot is dancing around with all these little sub-mini plots, all these heavier issues that it just, it never really seems to explore or delve into. It's a lot of just laying down the tracks so we can get to the next independent superhero films with whatever, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Cyborg, developing into the Justice League. But it loses focus that this is supposed to be about batman versus superman so i feel like all these other side subplots are getting in the way particularly bruce wayne's like dreaming vision moments which i if i guess i don't know i've never like i said read the comics
2: i don't know does he have those visions in the comics isn't that part of that infinite earth storyline in the comic
0: uh it's actually this is uh frank miller from the 80s so the entire view of Batman is Batman being a little more hardcore, although it's worth noting that Batman, even though he was a little crazier than the other ones, still didn't shoot people with real bullets, mm-hmm. unlike some Batman do. Mm-hmm. He used rubber bullets, so he was a little tougher and a little crazier, but he wasn't at this level either. So you can slip this movie into two series. The Batman by Frank Miller, and then that Superman comic I referenced earlier. Hmm. I didn't read the Frank Miller ones as much, but I've read up on them, uh, because I was really too young to read them at that point.
1: The Frank Miller Batman is the one I've always enjoyed. I like my Batman gritty and dark and brooding, but, you know, it can be overmuch. And I don't know, I also felt like this film, they they go back and they retell Bruce's story Mm -hmm. with his parents being killed. And I'm like, we as audiences are already very familiar that his parents died there's some things that they could have probably taken that whole chunk out and used it to develop the relationship between Bruce and Clark Kent cuz that's what i really wanted to see it's like they had these little ships meeting in the night kind of thing where they i wanted to see them interact as men mm-hmm. you know in in their their suits and ties before they met up in their their silks and capes, you know? I, I wanted to see Batman use his clever words. Like Christian Bale, that was one thing. He had like the bantering. He was smart. He was quick. He was on it. And, you know, Clark Kent's a freaking journalist in it. He, <laughs> he's supposed to be a good one too. And yet I never get to see him actually act the part. We only, and maybe that goes back to him lacking the humility and not being able to conform to this. To a human role, as you were saying, Eric. But I would have loved to have that scene where, and I don't think this would be much of a spoiler, but both Bruce and Clark are at a benefit evening cocktail thing, and Clark can hear Bruce's earpiece where Alfred's chatting to him. And so it's like setting this up to be a really interesting espionage scene. And I was hoping to see, ooh, we're gonna get a conflict here between clark and bruce and it never manifests and i was such a big letdown i was really wanting to see them talk it out or or fight it out with words and that's something i felt like was missing We, we we got the clash of superheroes but where was the clash between the men
2: yeah and that was part of my problem with it too the relationship or actually the lack thereof of a relationship between these two guys So I went in assuming that this would be a setup for the Justice League, and it was. But I feel like they kind of blew it. In order to create a linked narrative for multiple characters, you need to have a solid foundation first. And they kind of skipped this and just went straight to the setup. And it's part of the problem that they also had with Man of Steel, I think, that it suffers from overstuffed narrative And Zack Snyder's constant desire, or his style, of in-your-face action at the expense of good storytelling. And throughout the whole thing, I felt like I was watching half a dozen different movies within this one movie. So they had the Man of Steel 2 in this, where we see the after effects of what Superman did with Sod in the first movie. And... Then we have the kind of reboot of Batman. I mean, here we have a Batman that is dark, violent, vengeful, tormented, and guilt-ridden. But I thought that was a good, kind of gritty story that they could have taken and made a new movie out of it. And then you add to that the Lex Luthor show with a side of migraine, and Jesse Eisenberg, bless his heart, he tried so hard. But he reminded me so much of Eddie Redmayne and Jupiter (laughs) Ascending. And they both tried so hard to put in a powerful performance that didn't quite hit the mark. And there were parts where I was starting to like him, and then he just, he would annoy the crap out of me. And I think a lot of the problem with that is that the character had... This very specific dialogue, I mean, he was saddled with being the distributor of the allegorical message the movie aimed for. And in a way, that kind of made the character stilted and one-dimensional, because that was practically his only purpose. And it didn't help that Eisenberg kind of came off as a quirky psychotic when he should have been more, like, enlightened and villainous.
0: He almost came off as, like, autistic- That was, like, the weirdest thing. Mm -hmm. I will note that I think, yeah, I don't mind a gritty Batman, like a Batman with some bite. But I do mind a Batman who's dumb. And the Ben Affleck Batman, and again, that's why I can't necessarily blame Affleck fully for this. It's the writing. This Batman gets fooled very, very easily, even though he's supposed to be the world's greatest detective. That's one of his nicknames. He'd figure he'd be able to sniff this thing out. I mean, heck, Alfred does more work in this film than than, uh, Batman does in terms of getting things ready. (laughs) Seriously. Uh-huh. You know, but I guess my issue, again, with this Batman, again, it's the, the fact that he isn't very clever. You know, he never really sleuths. He never tries to negotiate, which is part of his character. Like, regardless of who he is, he usually is more than happy to have a conversation to give somebody a chance to not engage in a fight. He never, you know, he will fight, but he's not looking for a fight. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's a problem when he's trying to take on a god, which I, ca- I call Superman a god because there's no real other comparison. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of issues with his character on that front. And the, the fact that he's more than willing to kill people is my biggest issue. Batman's ethos is not murder. Again, he's more than willing to defend himself, but he doesn't kill. There's a big difference. And I think part of that goes back to the reason why they did the origin story at the beginning it is well told and it was unnecessary, but I think Snyder did it because there's a little trick in this opening. Most of the time in, when you see the Batman origin, the Waynes are backing away trying to defend them. You know, trying to like step away, trying to be like, please don't shoot us. In this case, Thomas and Martha Wayne both take like shots at the burglar. So you're basically already initiating violence, which is showing that for Bruce, it's okay to do that. That's a re- Again, it's a minor change, but it sets up the character in a direction that I think is detrimental. Mm,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, I almost didn't even really catch that. I'm glad you pointed that out. He, I don't know, this this version of Batman, I, it's, there's things I just really loved about it. And it's probably just because I love Batman. But there's other things that just really bothered me. And it was the fact that he was so easily duped. And like I said, I, I felt like the opportunity to see the two just be interact as men together was not explored and it should have been they should have taken more time for that because when we finally got to the showdown between the two it was just visceral brutal gladiatorial i mean it was visually pretty spectacular i i enjoyed it but i it just it felt like something was missing and also it's like you're having two heroes treat each other like bad guys and that was a little bit uncomfortable for me. I mean, I'm always open for gray areas, but they didn't set up enough probable cause for me to understand why they disliked each other so much. Again, it's that whole teasing on these ideas because then, oh, wait, we got to go over here and do some sleuthing at Lex Luthor's place. And oh no, you know, I got to go save Lois Lane from this. And it was just, it, it was sloppy and all over the place. And I really, I wanted them to hone down on The actual Batman versus Superman story and made those other points just smaller teasing tidbits because that's the best way I think to do it if you're going to be introducing later on, you know, the Justice League is you give just very small tastes, but they spent too much time, I think, on other bits and pieces. And the whole Lois Lane sleuthing, her going to the Middle East and then trying to figure out where this bullet was made and all this backslut thing. It's like, what was the point of that, really? I just felt like that was a big waste of time.
2: There were side plots that just could have been completely removed and it would have been a better film. Mm -hmm. Agreed.
0: It actually also would have been nice if they spent 30 seconds explaining how Superman knew Batman was Bruce Wayne.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) That, it's, it's, that's, I wouldn't call that a spoiler, but it's all of a sudden second time they engage each other as characters, Superman is like, Bruce, don't. And it's like, wait, how did you know he was Bruce?
1: Yeah, they kind of just glossed over that. It
0: it was weird. And actually, I wanted to go back to your point with the dream sequences. It's not really belonging to Batman. It's belonging to Zack Snyder. That's kind of his thing. I mean, Sucker Punch is almost an entire movie based on dream sequences. Mm-hmm. And they don't work there and they don't work here. So I have issues with Zack Snyder as a director in general. And this film kind of reinforced those issues.
2: And I think he only used the dream sequences to to kind of foreshadow what was to come. I'm assuming for the, who the villain is going to be in the Justice League. I don't know. I feel like he they he just Zack Snyder just put it in there just to be here, this is, this is what's going to happen. Keep this in mind. But, oh, wait, I have to go back and finish actually telling this story. So it kind of felt out of place.
0: It was so unnecessary, too. You don't need to set that mm. up already. You got, If you're going to do a franchise like this, you don't need to be that blatant. That's If you want to compare it to The Avengers, the movie setting up The Avengers teased to a broader idea and, of course, had those end credit little snippets. But they never really inserted them into the main narrative. And there's a major difference between doing it that fashion because it's subtle versus spending a lot of time and making a very long film that really didn't need to be that long based on setting up another Mm -hmm. movie. So, yeah, I think your point earlier about it taking away from the main film is 100% accurate.
1: Yeah. I want to talk about Wonder Woman now because really that's the main reason why I saw this film. (laughs) And of course the previews made it seem like she was going to be like all over the film when she's really not. But I just was so excited. Like when she came on the screen, like the whole theater that I was in just erupted in cheers. So you could tell that that was actually the character everybody was waiting for. They wanted to see Wonder Woman kick some ass. Uh, Gal Gadot, she I thought she did a fantastic job. Not that she had a lot to work with or a lot of screen time, but I'm really excited to see her in her own solo movie as Wonder Woman because she brought the she brought the classiness she brought the mystery and then she brought that Amazonian kick butt awesomeness that uh, I'm just so excited for and it was refreshing to finally see a female superhero that is not going to be sidelined like for example Black Widow in the Marvel universe like she was kick-ass in her own right and both batman and superman acknowledged
0: it she smiles in the middle of that battle that she actually smiles in the middle of fighting an enormous monster it's (laughs) awesome
1: (laughs) and that just kind of sums up who her character is i mean she is just bloody brilliant like i mean the amazons i mean at least mythologically speaking you know they they were pretty bloodthirsty and they enjoyed going to battle. She just captured that and just that little smirk and the fact that she could just deflect fire bolts from that monster demon thing that they were fighting, which is like her arm gauntlets it was just like, yeah, I
2: love that scene. <laughs> I even enjoyed the cheesy intro of the music where all of a sudden you see that it's her and it's like, <laughs> boom, 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 you know, You're I different. even I even enjoyed that. I didn't care because I liked her so much. And I like the fact that she so, like, you know, so passively says, oh, I've killed aliens before. Like, I've got this. And, and I was like, yeah! So I really like that. She actually was winning. I, I'll note
0: that. Like, Superman and Batman are, like, hiding almost the entire time. Wonder Woman is beating, like, this creature. She's basically winning. It's like, why would she just let Wonder Woman deal with this? Just let Wonder Woman use that lasso of truth. You know, make that monster <laughs> tell the truth. You know, stop <laughs> lying about himself. Maybe have some counseling <laughs> together. But no, Wonder Woman again. I think my the theater audience had the same reaction where everyone just exploded because Wonder Woman. I think in the Justice League cartoons I used to watch those. She was always the best character in those as well. That movie comes out next year and is not directed by Zack Snyder.
2: Thank God! (laughs) (laughs) Yay!
0: (laughs) Although he is producing, so be careful.
1: Well, I'm I'm tentatively hopeful, because this is one thing that I've been severely disappointed with the Marvel Universe series, is that how many films have we done so far with Marvel and they haven't even done one female hero standalone film? Like, Black Widow is never going to get one, it seems like. They're supposed to be doing... Captain Marvel, but you know who knows when that's going to come out. It's just it's been such a boys club for so long and not that I dislike any of the guy superheroes. In fact, I quite enjoy my Iron Man and my Captain America and who's I mean, I love my Loki. So <laughs> but it would just be refreshing to see a female hero kick butt. And, you know, you could throw in all the political reasons for that, but one thing about this, this is just the whole phenomena of superhero films, that I'm tired of superhero movies. I, like, I have superhero fatigue, so show me something new and not bigger, better battles or scarier monsters. Show me a woman who is believable, who's a great, well-thought-out character who's also a superhero, because that would be new and that would be exciting.
0: So you're really mm-hmm. waiting for that Captain Marvel film that probably will never happen now. Also note that the Marvel Marvel universe also makes it a sin to have a character say Black Widow unable to have children because that's making her a monster. You know, that that's that's a good role model right there.
1: We we could do a whole separate podcast just on <laughs> the representation of women in comics. But I do want to actually touch upon how DC is stacking up against Marvel because really this is the two titans in the comic book worlds clashing with each other to see who could get more audience members. Do we think DC has a chance?
0: Not with Zack Snyder, definitely.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, I was thinking about it. I mean, Zack Snyder aside, I think one thing that makes Marvel so successful is that its characters, they're well thought out, but there's a lot of just humor in the Marvel films, even when it is a tough story plot line, there's something funny going on. I mean, in the original Captain America, there was a lot of humor in that with, you know, the puny Rogers, you know, and just all the the ridiculous things, him and his star spangly suit, you know, that stuff that, you know, it was kind of serious. It was World War II, And yet it was funny. Iron Man is just one big laugh the whole entire time. And this is something I think DC just lacks. And uh, maybe you could tell me, Eric, if this lacks in the comics, but there there just seems to be a lack of humor. Everybody takes themselves so seriously.
0: Of the two, it it tends to be the heavier batch. I mean, back in the day, they weren't that far off, but Marvel actually kind of started picking up steam later on, like in the 60s, 70s, 80s. And I think DC's been having trouble keeping up, I guess, with the tone. And this is really definitely reflected in the film. Uh, in the film series. I mean, you have the Dark Knight is gritty as all heck, you know, the entire, the recent Batman series. But, Superman was supposed to be that light character. That's the interesting thing. Even the Superman, like, go back to the 90s, the Superman cartoon is very light and cheerful because he is, as you pointed out, an all-American boy even though he's technically an illegal, you know, immigrant. And Batman was always supposed to be the darker side of things. Tragic background, vigilante, even in like the Batman anime series, which, is awesome in so many ways you know there was a lot of darkness to his character but the fact that dc warner brothers you know slash dc can't figure out that the goal of these characters isn't hyper violence that's going to be the issue in the long run marvel marvel has a better balance and also marvel marvel does have a kind of a in a weird way it does have that like factory feel to it too a lot of the films do feel kind of like you know manufactured one after the other not that many a lot of similarities between the two with the exception of guardians of the galaxy
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I had that uh, a problem with that as well. That I I didn't re- I didn't have fun watching it. The tone of it just didn't really lent itself for that. And it's because of what both of you have said. It's just it's too gritty, and it's the the way that the story is told.
0: It's so self important. Mm-hmm. It's it goes back with Zack Snyder. He makes it so like. Is like it's got to be this important. The only film he really hasn't done that on is actually one of his first director directorial films, *Dawn of the Dead*, the reboot he did. However, that also was written by James Gunn, who directed *Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy*.
1: There you go. It all comes full circle. I mean, in the end, you know what what we want as audiences. I think it's just a well balanced film. You know, I don't. I'm not gonna say I don't like grittiness, because again, I do. Batman's my favorite character, and he's a dark, gritty, brooding guy. He's deliciously flawed. <laughs> he's delicious. Yes, very much.
0: That's actually a nice way of phrasing it. it?
1: <laughs> but he, and I, I like that. But I need some sort of humor, a joke every once in a while to kind of lift it and be like, hey, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, we know, super serious. But I mean, it. <sighs> That's something that was lacking in this film. I guess the, the closest we got to the wink wink nudge nudge was Wonder Woman smirking in the middle of the battle. It was like, yes, finally somebody's having fun. <laughs> but oh this this film, I mean we we ripped it apart pretty hard, but I think that it, it still was a fun ride it's, it's better than some films i've seen despite all its flaws i mean i would see it again just for the fact that i would like to see wonder woman kick butt even though you'd have to wait almost what an hour and a half to see her
0: i have two hours
1: <laughs> two <laughs> hours
0: it's a two and a half hour film and she doesn't really start wonder womaning Till like the two hour mark, mm-hmm. so you got to wait a very long time. You're almost better served just waiting for like a on like a clip online just to keep watching it again <laughs> and again.
2: I, yeah, I hope someone does that. It, it Just just cut out that snippet. I wanted to see that.
0: <laughs> this movie's so so long. I I again I I take more umbrage with it because I don't like what it does with the characters that are great characters. I think it's bad filmmaking. And I think it's for someone who grew up with the comics slash TV shows. All the cart, you know, I watched all of the cartoons as well, and the '60s Batman, and just and the uh, Super Friends. I watched all of them. I don't like the direction they take Superman and Batman. I don't like the idea of Batman shooting people with rocket launchers. It sounds more interesting stating it. It just it violates the nature of his character.
2: Kind of like what they did with Superman at the end of Man of Steel.
0: Yeah, some deck snapping, if I'm not mistaken.
2: hmm Now we're going to try out our new rating system here on
1: popcorn, something that's perhaps a little more delicious than our usual star rating. And since you can't just go to the movies without eating some popcorn, we're going to compare films to food and then justify why it deserves that food rating. So I'll start us off. I'm going to compare Batman versus Superman to Pepsi what <laughs> it, it's it's got it's got some bubbles. it's got the carbonation with the battle scenes you know you're probably excited going in to see it. you want that syrupy sugarness, but then it just ends up leaving you blah when you really want a coca-cola, this is a Pepsi. It still will kind of give you what you're looking for, I think, but you know, again, I'm not the one who hated this movie entirely. It could have been better. It could have been a Dr. Pepper, in my opinion, uh, if Zack Snyder had directed it. But it's it was just weak, and that's what Pepsi is, in my opinion.
0: Oh, man. <laughs> Pepsi all the way.
1: Oh, somebody likes Pepsi. I like yeah. Pepsi, too,
2: so that's not a good analogy. I, like, and I don't like Dr. Girl. Pepper, so that's not a good analogy for me, either. <laughs> All right, well, what are you guys going to compare to? Do you want to go first, Derek, or do you want me to go?
0: I think I got one. Okay. So this is me as a pescatarian. Excessively burnt veggie bacon. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) So it's, you know, at least on the outset, it's like perhaps it might be like, you know, the real thing, kind of what I like. And it's like, not only isn't, isn't it what you were expecting, like, you know, like hoping for, it's somehow worse than that. Oh,
1: burn. Burn that burnt veggie bacon.
2: Burn. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, mine comes with a little bit of a story. So there's an episode of Friends, a Thanksgiving episode of Friends, in season six, where Rachel is tasked with making the dessert for Thanksgiving. So she decides to make a trifle. Unfortunately, the recipe pages in the book that she's using get stuck together. And she makes half a trifle and half a shepherd's pie. (laughs) And so she has these layers in this container. And it's a layer of ladyfingers. Good. A layer of jam. Also really good. A layer of custard. And then... A layer of beef sautéed with peas and onions. Oh. So you have these layers, which by themselves are good. I mean, the jam, the ladyfingers, the custard, yay! Shepherd's pie, I love shepherd's pie. But when you combine them together, it sucks. And it's disgusting. And as one of the characters says, it tastes like feet. So... Unfortunately, (laughs) that's my analogy for this movie. If they had separated some of the layers and actually created a good foundation for it, it would have worked, but it came out as a trifle plus a shepherd's pie, which is not a good combination.
1: No, and I think you won the rating system for this week.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yay!
1: (laughs) We're yeah, gonna have to step that's our, th- our th- I very Thinking elaborate. About.
0: <laughs> that's nice. Well played.
1: Oh my gosh. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode. And Eric, I just wanted to say thank you for joining us. We always enjoy having you on the show.
0: Oh, shucks. Great to be here. Thanks, guys.
1: <laughs> and if you're still hungry, you can find more popcorn online at popcornfanfilmreviews.weebly.com. We have our interview with the executive director of the Phoenix Film Festival the as well as other interviews, reviews, and our new form film series that Lulubild told us about.
2: Right, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Thanks for Thank listening! listening.